Hello everyone. Hello, hello, and welcome to the tenth episode of HSBG Podcast. I'm your host, Educator Collins, and I'm here with some very special people here. We've got Shady Bonnie coming in and also special guest Sun Bacon Relaxer, also known as uh Victor 12 Wins, the best of the best, one of the best uh battlegrounds players. We have here in this community oh my god this he, picture he is here <laughs> to let us you know to let us have some fun we got a lot of great content for you today and uh i just want to start off just talking about you victor and and your growth and your um your transition right we used to be you know arena as specialists back in the day just doing a lot of arena stuff co-ops and, and things like that but you you moved you also got your name changed a lot of things you any any uh Things you want to talk about around that uh, those topics? Yeah, it's very, you know, I want to say one thing that is very, very important for me. I don't know what happened. I feel like nothing changed. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know what are we talking about. I, I don't want to talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, I just really like the game. I, I used to love Arena. Now I love Battleground. It's it's a, literally the same feeling. But I guess now it gets uh, more exposure from other people. I'm really grateful for the people, you know, who gave me that exposure. And I'm really thankful that I can do what I do every day and, you know, and make a living out of it. That That is all there is. That's very true, actually. Very, very true. Right, just um, being able to play and uh, like enjoy your or share your joy with the community and just your gameplay, and your knowledge, and things like that, and just being able to do that. It's it's just nice, to, uh, just seeing um, all of us just uh, being able to do what we love and uh, have some success there. So, uh, you know, I'm always glad to have you here, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about. A lot of things happened. Uh, this week, tournaments and patches and whatnot. Uh, we always start with uh, Battlegrounds Weekly Overview uh, this week. This week has been kind of, uh, I guess, hectic in a way since Cowboys were pretty much nonstop dominating the meta. Uh, for most of this week, it was pretty much your Cowboy, you're trolling. Uh, essentially, if you're not doing Cowboy stuff, you're kind of just like actively losing the game. Uh, there were I I did play a lot of non cobor comps this week, um, even before the changes, and I found that if you had the nuts with a different comp, you can maybe fight for second. Essentially, right? Uh, if if your opponents didn't get uh, the high roll, right? Didn't high roll cobors, right? Then you could maybe win. But if they did, right? And you also high rolled, right? The cobor player would end up uh, uh, winning that lobby. But Fortunately, there was a change, a patch, basically yesterday, or the top of the morning for people in EU and things like that, where um, they adjusted a lot of the Quobars. We'll be talking about that um, as well, but I just want to get uh, some thoughts on both of you guys. How do you feel over this week, um, the patch in the meta? First, Vic. Me first. The Quobar meta, even though I like the boars, but it was re really repetitive, right? Right. You either get the boars on tier two, the road boar, or a four or three, the top task, or you level to tier three and keep looking for it. There's there's only like four or five minions you can really start a game with, and there's a couple of them to end the game with. It was 
quite boring on the <laughs> starting on the second day, to be honest. I'm really glad they dropped a new patch and fixed that. Now everything feels viable again. Skill feels more relevant since not everyone is forcing a simple strategy, rather. I mean, Boris is not simple to play, but, you know, the, the minion selection part is pretty simple. The APM part is pretty intensive, but, you know. Um, yeah, I like the new patch more than the board patch. How about you guys? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. You want to go? Or? Nah, I've been talking too much. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, my turn. Damn. All right, cool. <laughs> I I guess I feel similar, right? Uh, I, I, I'm more known for a um, mid-range tempo player. Uh, so I do a lot of tier four stuff naturally. And the shaker did not change that at all. It was just a lot of, oh, can I find some shields? Can I buy some sun bacon relaxers? Like that unit was just actually the nuts, right? It was like, oh, I'm rolling on four and I have a shaker. Ooh, boom, plus four attack to my entire board. Let's go, right? Every time you get one of those piggies. So that was, that was probably half my games. Half my games was camping on tier four getting shakers buffing divine shields and cleaves and that was pretty much it and, <laughs> and the early game was so like i tried to mess around with other things but it's it was as simple almost as you open your five gold shop does it have road bore no level <laughs> and then if you have a token and you open your six gold shop are you happy with the six gold shop no level again right just go to four try to get the bunker try to get the harbinger or whatever so it was a ton of power leveling because a lot of the units you bought that were in Boris just felt like you were wasting your gold and you were just better off leveling and hoping that the next drop had some Boris. So definitely in agreement with Victor that it's pretty one-dimensional and it feels like there's more decisions now you get rewarded for just being more experienced in the game. I, I would like... I, I did something similar. I would go go to five, get my six. Is it Charles? No? Okay, leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Is it Captain Flat Test? No. Okay, I'm I'm done. We've lost. Let's move on to the next game, kind of thing. But uh, I'm glad they changed a little bit. It's a little bit more fairer, I think. Um, the patch re is recent, right? So it will take a while to really see how the meta shakes up. But it does feel like those changes did have an impact, right? I was a little bit scared that they wouldn't have an impact, but after playing the tournament and whatnot, you could definitely see that it wasn't all Quillboards dominating every single game or winning every single one. So um, hopefully uh, it it is a more balanced meta and then we can uh, have a little bit more discussion on what specifics are good in the meta. Um, so first thing off, we've got a tournament. We've got the, the Battlegrounds Brawl event that happened Recently, I believe it was yesterday, if my memory serves me correct. Spoilers for sure. Uh, if you haven't seen the tournament and you want to watch it, uh, definitely go oh, and take a look at that. Collins, but your volume is really low, apparently. Like, oh, my volume is really down. low. Oh, yeah, this should be better. All right, fair enough. That that. Thank you for uh, letting me know. But cool. um, just keep in mind if if you haven't seen the tournament, you haven't seen the results, you haven't seen the gameplay. Uh, we're, we will be talking about a lot of those things, so just uh, watch that if you want, and then come back, watch the YouTube VOD or something like that. Um, but yeah, um, we did have um, a couple of um, like little formats. It was a team format where it was two people in the same uh, lobby of eight. Two people were in teams, and the point scoring was 
Uh, first place is five points, second place is four points, second, third place is two points, fourth place is one point, and fifth through eighth gives no points. So that, that did um, dramatically change how you wanted to play the game in that um, you weren't rewarded for getting fifth or sixth or seventh. None of that mattered. You just were rewarded mainly for first and second, and if you get third and fourth, you also get a little bit of, of, uh, of, uh, of points there. So um, I wanted to talk about some of those things just... Uh, generally, how did you feel about the point allocation and the uh, the team format uh, in the in the tournament? Okay. Uh, starting from the point allocation, so only top four will get points. Yeah. Third place and fourth place are two points and one points. First place is five points. Yeah. Second place is four four points. So basically, you gain a lot of points if you get top two. Uh, third and fourth, you get a little bit, almost nothing. Bottom four, absolutely nothing. <laughs> I feel like this is not a very, very accurate estimate of a the the player skill um, as as a whole, because you know a lot of the ladder play, a lot of the experience are from saving mmr like when you're low rolling where you're not hitting the best minions in the in the shop when you don't have the best hero when you're facing the high roller how do you protect yourself how do you defense you know how do you lose less mmr that's like actually, actually a much harder skill than simply a high roll find a good shot and just stampede everyone kill everyone in the lobby like you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's, it's harder to defend in battleground, and that that is not accounted for this tournament. This tournament basically asks you: Do you know how to triple into a tier six minion? Do you know which tier six minion is good? <laughs> do you know if you get Elisa, you got you, you know you gotta get a Scalawag. Do you know if you get Novi, you gotta pick elementals? It, it's basically kind of that. So in the future, I hope they can host tournament that that have longer series like more games instead of seven like seven games is a small symbol size right i hope yeah. there, there are more games and they should account for every placement you know from first to eighth um at, like fifth place should maybe give a couple points like there were there, there are tournaments like that right yeah there there have been for sure yeah um what else? What else are we talking about? Oh, just the team format. Also, the team format. Okay, team format is fine. They have always done a team format in a broad event, so I don't really have a problem with that. Um, but the the way the team are matched up are kind of scuffed, right? I was against Dog in all seven lobbies. I was not against Show in a single lobby, and I'm sure Collins also. Have not faced. I think it was Nicolina. Yeah, any of Nicolina the lobbies. Nicolina was in all of my lobbies, uh, and I didn't. So find... yeah, yeah. So that is an interesting point of discussion. Uh, I wanted to talk about that separately, but we can get into that right now. Um, there were seven rounds, right? You think that since there were seven rounds, you'd get to fight each player like three or four times, right? That would be a little bit doubt balanced, right? Like I'll fight, you know, you and then another person from your team three or four times, so you're fighting everyone at least once. But there are some players that I was matched up ex like extremely frequently. Dog and Victor was in five of my seven matches. Nicolina was in every single match. I didn't fight Nina 
a single time. We didn't fight Hopper Bear a single time. So while I do think it would be extremely difficult to balance all the lobbies evenly and fairly, right? Not facing like a couple of multiple players even once in the whole tournament. That seems like a big oversight in how they balanced the um, the tournament uh, st uh, structure and the brackets and that. So um, I, I do think that was uh, pretty weird. I was looking at it just generally, but when I looked through the data, I was like, wow, there's there are a lot of people that did not fight a like this particular player at all. And, and there was also people that fought the same player every single time, you know? So I, I think that is something um, they do want to look at if they do a similar tournament, tournament of this structure, making a way where you're fighting everyone at least once or twice, you know, making sure that it's fair. I get to see uh, this particular player a, a, a set amount of times and get to see another set of players a set amount of times and stuff, like having like two people in different groups fighting, fighting each other every single time. It seems uh, it, that can make it very polarizing, especially if you have like a difficult matchup against that player or things like that. Yeah, I, I guess one, one just like devil's advocate argument for the point structure is that it could just make for a more enjoyable viewing experience right. if you just say, all right, None of that trying to salvage with taunt comp crap. Everybody go for the win. Come on, let's go, 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 go. So maybe it's more just spectacle, right? Where they say, we want you guys to do crazy stuff. Want to see the puck, puck champs in the chat. So uh, I'm not saying that's the right way to do it, but that could be a reason for the point structure to be like that, to just try to incentivize people to play aggressively for those wins. Yeah, I, yeah, I do think that is the reason. Because, like, yeah, the, the defensive compositions are what? Taunt comp, demon comp. They're all, like, super boring. No fancy board state. <laughs> There's no su super spike turns. I think to advertise the game, they do want to, you know, present to the new audience that what you can achieve in this game. Like, the high rolling is, the, is an experience, right? That's why watching some of the poker tournament you got a super high stake at the top will attract more people to watch. I do think that is um, the reasoning. Yeah. Um, um, and I, yeah. I, I would also say that the point structure wasn't necessarily bad. It just um, showcased a different skill set than what you normally do in ranked, right? Yes. It's more of a, okay, how do you guys, how good are you guys at like capitalizing on good uh, performances and then also being able to like salvage into like a top four position right we don't care about being able to to get a fifth place we don't care about you know tying with people we just care can you can you take a good board state and take it to the victory or can you take a okay board state and and manage like top three top four uh so um it kind of rewarded that we knew that going in right it wasn't it wasn't um the point structure wasn't like hidden from us before we started. So we were aware that this is how we wanted to play the, the lobbies out. And uh, you did see a lot of the results, right? Team play was very big. Um, and a lot of those uh, results, first and second was a lot of times from the same team, which you would think is rare, right? If you just do random chance, how how likely is first and second going to be from the same team? Pretty low. But in, in, in a lot of those games, first and second happened to be on the same team or first and third or second and third, right? They were very likely to be teammates because they were using that team advantage to get edges, maybe leveling at the same time, tying their matches, one person being super strong, 
playing weak against their teammate and then you and then going full power against the the, the the sucker that fights them right after and things like that so there was um a lot of um interesting ways to um use your team play and use the point structure to get that huge advantage and uh and win so i i don't think the the structure of the tournament was bad or anything like that it just is nice also to use ranked experience techniques in tournament play this particular tournament we weren't really able to showcase that we were just able to showcase how to take advantage of good board states or salvage uh, okay board states yeah it does uh, require some changing gears if you're a very normal ladder player like your first time in a tournament right that's that's how i feel right <laughs> in the ladder every placement finish every tie matters because they get different mmr but um the changing of the point system will have to make me to adjust my play style accordingly. I, I also like feel like um, some of the player who finished really really well in the letter might deserve a. I mean, this is not of course not my place to say this. I, I'm the first time to get invited, but people there there are a lot of players who deserve to get invited. So maybe like in the future, they if person can host bigger events that can include 32 players or 64 players over um have a seasonal play that would be very very cool because hearthstone battlegrounds do have the large audience for it mm -hmm. yeah it would be a cool cool thing if they can do that in the future yeah i, I just, would definitely uh, love to see oh so you could go i mean just like i guess i just have these memories as a kid when i was playing a bunch of card game tournaments but it would be so exciting if you would just join this two-day tournament with uh over a hundred like a couple hundred players a lot of the time and you just start uh and then there's this day one and then you need to hit like what top 64 for day two and those were really really exciting events you when know I played what we're talking them. about we're talking about masters tour <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's that's the structure that would be great if you could emulate that for bgs but I think that would have a lot of appeal, even if you wouldn't put an insane amount of incentive at the end of it, right? I think a lot of people just like to play, and as long as the reward is decent, those tournaments would fill up. Uh, yeah. Because right, right now with Master Stores, like, well, we're not going to make GM for BG, so I, who knows? Wink, wink. Right, but... <laughs> I feel like uh, in the North America, they could just give the game more exposure, because in China, there is a thing for BG like this. There's like 2,000 people travel to Shanghai to play in this BG tournament. And like only 100 people will get a prize, but everyone will travel and they will try their, their hands uh, on this yeah. game. Yeah, everyone have a chance. Like you don't, there's no hard requirement. You play the qualifier online, you qualify. There's 2,000 people qualified. Everyone go to Shanghai, you know, bring your own equipment and you play. And the top prize is only like, you know, 100k or something but it was a it's, it's a great tournament a lot of exposure for a lot of different players and make the game more popular too absolutely it's a win-win situation so going there with your friends right and being like oh how are you doing like oh, i'm three zero like uh one and two you know stuff like that <laughs> just between the rounds is being like yeah, th that's, it, that's it is real really really hard to progress in that tournament a lot of the best player in China couldn't make it to the second round. Yeah, I mean, everyone is uh, 
is trying their best, right? They're all trying. RNG is a very volatile game. RNG happens. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, but even then, right, you'll still see some people doing very consistently. And the more tournaments of that structure you have, right, you'll have the same people doing well over and over, right? And you'll still be able to see, even if one tournament it's not consistent for that person, right? Over time, right, you'll see them edging out the lead over their competition. So it, it's still, there is still um, some consistency there to be made. So I, I do, I would love to see some formats of that, just having uh, more players and uh, more tournaments of that, right? Every time we have tournaments of this nature, right? At the end, right? People are always like, oh, I'd love to see more. I'd love to see more, right? There's definitely an appetite for it. So um, that is very true. Just um, uh having tournaments and uh enjoying uh just the tournament feeling and the tournament structure and just uh you know playing with friends and, and whatnot so uh i would love to see um that kind of thing um but overall uh we did talk about the tournament but we haven't talked about the results overall uh if we take a look at the results right um breadbacks happen to edit out the lead that 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 would happen to be my team show at uh, being the top point erna salissa sun glitters and myself right we all did well but uh bacon you know victor over here also uh edging out that second place performance too so with his team so there was a lot of um good results for uh, the people you know in this uh tournament but i, I want to talk to you about just uh how you felt with um the tournament structure and playing and and how, how you like the results and uh you know it there were some um like for me the start um of the tournament was pretty good right we had a good performance we were able to keep that lead throughout but i remember feeling a little bit scared in the mid in the in the middle stages of the tournament where um i had a bad placement i was like feeling bad right there were some tournaments where the last um the last match is like worth double points and things like that so you're always like oh you could ne you never feel safe because oh no you know all my results could get switched out in the and at the very end with the like last place double match but there wasn't any of that it was more of a consistent grind if you did well early it, it meant the same as doing well in the late there was no like ramp up so um how did you feel about um just like having it consistent having um the same or having your home teammate and using and relying on them and your teammates to win the, the tournament mm, so to begin with, uh, the first couple of rounds, I was feeling pretty pressured. I mean, yeah. I'm just going to talk about myself because yeah, go, go I don't it. exactly yeah. know how my team may feel. So the first couple of rounds, I feel pretty pressured. I I was trying to play safe. My hero also wasn't that good. I got lodged in the first two games. And I was trying to do the slow leveling. I was trying to lose uh, less HP in the early game. So I got fourth two times um and then a third afterwards that's only four points right <laughs> that's only how how much you get for one second place for a third third and fourth right yeah and then i realized that wasn't working right and i was trying to adjust into more aggressive play style and i also i got better heroes at the end i got my eve twice i uh, got the first and second with that with those also i think teammate uh teammate dynamic matters RDU is a very great communicator. I mean, Hubba Bear and Sissy are very good too. But like, I feel RDU and me have some dynamic. So he just straight up always asks me, okay, Victor, what do I, what hero do I pick? And how do I play this one here? 
he's just very straightforward with his questions. And then I always like answer him the way I think. And then we just do all together. And there were two two lobbies I was with him. And one is first and second, one is first and third. He had to kill me. There's no choice because <laughs> we face each other. We're actually both stronger than second place guy. Mm, yeah, so at the beginning, I was feeling pressured and also the team wasn't doing good. We were behind in points. Towards the end, we know we're probably not going to get first place. So the pressure on our shoulder actually lifted a little bit. Because we know we're not going to get first, there's not too much to worry about. So I was able to fully play risky. I was like, okay, there's nothing to lose. At worst, I, we all get fourth place, which we're pretty close to anyway. And then with that mindset, we actually do better. I think for, for the whole team. Um, yeah, so I think pressure is a big thing, at least for me. When I feel pressured, I tend to play safe. And playing safe with this tournament structure is terrible. So for me, in the next tournament, I will try to like go all out from the very beginning. Because in a tournament like this, you can't really catch up at the end, right? Yeah. So having a correct mindset and correct strategy going into it is super important. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of adjusted midway, which was not enough. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah. agree with that. I similar experiences. Go for it. No, no, you go. It's fine. Okay. I, um, I, I had a previous tournament where... Um, I had the similar feeling where at the beginning I would, um, I did okay, but then I started to lose. And then as soon as I started, like I had one bad game, I like <laughs> my mentor was destroyed. I started overthinking all my plays and started like trying to outplay, uh, strategies that my opponent wasn't implementing on me at all. And I was just like, okay, I need to relax and, um, just refocus, just, um, focus one game at a time and just, um, try to get the best points. That I could, and and that really helped me at the end, especially even in this tournament. The mid game of of uh, uh, my play wasn't, uh, I would say, the best, but I was able to recover, and then the last two games kind of etched us out in in uh, in point scoring. So uh, it is it 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 differs tournament um, by tournament, right? Different structures prefer different mentalities, right? Like if you were playing safe, right? Third, third. Uh, fourth is really good normally, right? Or or fourth, fourth, whatever. It's really good normally, but in a tournament like this, where first and second are really the big pointers, right? You have to go aggressive, and you have to be like, okay, I can't play safe, right? I can't do the the play that I would do in ranked because it's a lot safer. And even if I don't win the lobby, I get third, I gain points, right? Even I didn't get the, a good hero or whatever, right? So this is the logical play for ranked, right? Here it's like, no, 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 I have to go. The, the strongest, stupidest thing I could make because that's the only thing that will win. So having that mentality, right? Being being okay with that and, and like ignoring the, the voice in your head that says, play safe, you know, do the normal life and just go like, I will go crazy. I will, you know, I will just level to, to five or six, even though it's like super early and just try to find the, the nuts board, right? Is the, is the correct line because it's the line that gives you the highest chance of winning, right? Sometimes it's also the highest chance of being eighth, but that doesn't matter, right? Because you have to be first or second. So uh, I do agree with that kind of um, a mentality and just growth. And the more tournaments that you participate in, right, the better it is, the, the calmer it is. I was feeling particularly 
of calm during this tournament where some other tournaments I would I'd be a little bit nervous sweating and that kind of thing right but I, I've played a lot of tournaments overall so far right so you get used to it you get used to the pressure and things like that and you're able to um, continue even though you you may have a, like a rough start and things like that so there are a lot of little things a lot of little advantages just from playing multiple tournaments and being invited to these kind of things that um, doesn't really translate uh, obviously but has results in the end so there are a lot to, to take from it anyway, so yeah that's big that's that's a big part of it like when I was playing uh, like a tournament myself, one thing that clicked for me is the way how you play on ladder to salvage points. Not only is it not really rewarded when you're in such a point structure, you're also just up against really, really good people. So just buying a Harbinger a lot of the time is not going to cut it, right? It's like these people are going to like when they get a high roll, my God, are they going to be strong? So a lot of the time that mitigation strategy that you employ on ladder that gets you top four is not even going to get you top four in that kind of an environment. So on top of you reduced efficiency of those more tempo strategies because all your opponents are very good. And if they get their hands on a good start, you know, putting up a, de a defense like that is not going to be as efficient as it would normally be. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to just mention, just taking a look over the um, the rounds and who was playing each other. We did mention that some people were f playing each other multiple times and some people didn't fight each other at all. Just wanted to have a picture on board just if you want to take a look at how the rounds go and things like that. But uh, I do think the, the way they had it structured was you'd play two rounds with the same group and then you'd swap. So there were there was realistically only um, four swaps, uh, I would say, over the course of the tournament that they could they could move people around. So I do think it, it would have been hard to get perf to get everything perfectly balanced where everyone was playing every other uh, teammate of every group uh, the, a similar amount of times. But I do think with that limitation, uh, it would be diff uh, very difficult. Uh, and also, you know, the time structure and, and things just like it, it, it would be hard to have um, people moving or creating new groups every single round, every single um, group. So there was like a production reason why um, it was difficult for everyone to fight everyone equally. But I do think that it, it still would be something to look at when you're uh, designing another tournament of this nature making sure that people are fighting each other you know at least once or twice or if you could have maybe a longer tournament or something like that i know that also ties into production and how much time they have uh, allowed to make these tournaments run smoothly but um i do think it, it 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 was a hidden point but an important point to talk about where some people wouldn't see other players at all right they'd go the whole tournament you wouldn't even know this player was in this in the tournament because you never fight them um so uh, it is just something you uh, i think um they should look at when they are designing these tournaments just making sure that there's more uh, uh fairness and who fights who and 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 things like that so i just want to bring that out at the end as well uh, anyways, um, next thing we're talking about is the new patch. We've got a new update. This one was pretty recent. The tournament was played on this patch, so um, the people that played the tournament have a, probably more games of this patch than maybe some other people just because we 
we we played on this tournament before it rolled down then everyone else got to play it so there's only been one or two days over um well one or one day basically where we've really seen the changes or the updates and the balance from this patch but um overall just from playing in the tournament playing uh afterwards i do think it's been a pretty good patch pretty fair pretty balanced um a lot of the changes um i initially thought it wouldn't be enough nerfs to be fair like i thought oh you're just nerfing the stats a little bit but they've actually been pretty relevant right one four stat line uh is pretty weak a lot of things just free kill it so you have to be a little bit careful when you're going for that scaling quillbore start if you don't have a good start then um you know you get punished a lot heavier than you were before Yeah, a lot of the nerfs to the boars. I, I think some of them don't really make sense. And <laughs> some of them were good, right? So I think Roadboar, and, and you guys feel free to chip in on this, but Roadboar just feels like a card that I don't really want in the game. Not because it's inherently like broken or anything like that, but it just feels weird to see that card on five gold and then to be like, oh, this card, this card is now just going to scale for free. So I, I think Frenzy is still like a little bit of a weird design, but the the next the next thing that's gonna scale like that is gonna be something like a Sensei, and that's on tier three, and or you Hank. need to have a mech, right? Yeah, yeah sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> Massive Hank stonks. Forgot about you that. You had eggs, didn't I... you, earlier We're today? talking about a good car, Sir Conan. What, what are you talking <laughs> about? Cars. Hey, come on. Hank's <laughs> the best. Yeah. So, I mean, they nerfed it, but it still feels just like the card doesn't really belong in the game. I don't know. Um, the the Bannerborn nerf, like that one was big, uh, like you mentioned as well. I guess you said 1-4, that could be Roadboard as well, but it's now also a 1-4 instead of a 2-5. used to be a snap pick, right? You just see it, take it every time. Right, right now, there feels like there is a like a realistic downside to it. Oh, if I take this and I don't get a boar... If I don't, well, pretty much just like a brute straight away. Yeah, like this feels a bit weird. So I, I like that a lot more that you you don't just pick them because they're strong and they're going to be really strong once once you find synergy for it. So a lot of the nerfs, I think we're done right. But I think Roadboar is a little weird. And then Shaker nerf is just, I don't know, that card is still a little bit silly. It's not a I nerf, think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like what I do now a lot of the time is I'll play Shaker, I'll play a bunch of gems, and then I'll sell it. <laughs> it's like an all in in the end game. I'll be like, all right, whatever. Uh, off you go, because there's not even a reason to keep him around. So it feels like you shouldn't be able to generate that much attack just off one card. And I, I think it's going to be a lot less of a problem now just because boars in general are weaker and you don't usually have a bunch of gem generation lying around, but still, Golden Shaker with say a flat tusk is still just stupid amount of power you get right your board can be just bronze ward and bulvar and hydra zero buffs but you just play like four or five gems on that shaker it's like and suddenly you have a 20 damage clear or something like that you want to give us your take on some nerfed cars fixers i take on the nerf so basically, the before the nerf, people see board, they take board, they never get punished because the boards are overstated. Uh, the two drops as a two four that gains plus one plus one, uh, in the early game because no one can really stop road board from generating gems if you get it on turn three, right? 
you always get gems. So basically, it's a two board that get plus one plus one per turn. And no early game minion have like tier two minion. None of them have skilling like that, except Wrath Weaver. Wrath Weaver costs you HP, but Robor is free. And the gems are not just plus one plus one. You know, if you give it tough task, you guaranteed to win that turn. If you have a road board and tough task, you guarantee to win that turn. But now you're taking a risk, right? Unless you're a high rolling board, unless you're getting exactly road board tough task, you can't really take the road board and still tie the fight. If you're taking a 1-4, you're not tying the fight. You are making a health investment into this direction, which makes sense. If you pick Wrath Weaver, you make health investment. It's calculated risk. At least now there's a decision. Does Boar synergize with my hero? Like, for example, if I'm bulging, then Boar is extremely good. But if I have, if my hero values preserving HP, maybe this is not something I want to do. At least now there's like decision making in the early game. Um, the bunker nerf, I think, make the most sense. The bunker was the most broken generators in the mid game in my opinion yeah, people I... were rush leveling and especially like hero like reno you get your hands on the bunker by rush leveling you cannot lose the game at all at least a top two if there's one person can constantly dodge you if no if the matchup is like even and reno get a uh, get a bunker and hero powered it that reno wins the game period it, it's so dumb like now <laughs> Now the, the bunker only deals three damage. It doesn't kill a lot of the early game minion. Three damage, four damage, huge difference. Four damage, if you triple into a tier four, you get it. That bunker is gonna carry you through that turn, give you a bunch of blood gems without you losing HP. Now you triple into the bunker, you you can lose HP. Like if you get bunker at turn five, you can lose HP. You probably still get two gems if you get it early. Um but after I level to tier four, the bunker doesn't seem very attractive to me anymore for most heroes. Because I know if I take it, I probably just lose the fight. So now I feel like every boar, when you're taking them, you're sacrificing your HP, which, which makes sense, right? Because you're generating value. You're supposed to lose HP. Uh, Charla buff, I think, is probably... Uh, Charla nerf is probably the, the one that makes the most sense. Like, giving plus one, plus one, and the blotching effect on everything for one card is purely broken. They have no downside, only upside, and it has the highest skilling potential in the game. And that's just stupid. Doesn't make sense at all. But now, when you pick Charla, it's still pretty good, right? It usually, the time you triple into it, you could have six minutes, you could have five minutes if you get it early. You get around plus four or plus five, plus five. Um, if you do not have blotching synergy, you might lose that turn. Because I triple this with my Eve sometimes. I do feel like my life is on the line <laughs> when I shoot Charla when I have no boars. It, there is a decision to make now. And I think that's true. Like let, I'm repeating myself, I guess, for all the board cards. You have a decision to make because if you just bring that, pick those cards now, and you have no synergy, you will die unless you have Ground Shaker. Ground Shaker is still broken, and 
You can build a comp around it that has divine shield and cleave. And just to push all in from turn seven to turn 11, you will get a top four placement as long as you have generators. Or if you get lucky, you roll into a lot of Sunbacon Relaxer or the 3 1 guy, <laughs> and you have some Divine Shield on the board. If you just always put a bludgeon on it, you will get top four still most of the time, like 80% of the time. It's still broken. I think that card should be, I mean, I, I, I think it's not nerfed enough. Like, he himself <laughs> doesn't get attacked, does not matter that much. Because he's always the guy who's standing at the back with a, a, a big butt that clean up tokens. He's never, <laughs> you never put him in the front. You put a Divine Shield and Cleave in the front. His attack doesn't really matter. So I feel like Earthshaker didn't really get it. Groundshaker didn't really get a nerf that he deserved. Uh, That's very fair. Anything else? The Tier 4 board didn't get touched. I think it was perfect because it encouraged people to level to Tier 5 more. To go for a more menagerie place, menagerie was just completely dead, right? When board was super strong, and now it is back because the boards are weaker, but you can still pick up some lodging generator to synergize with top top. Uh, not what's that card called? I call it pig thing. That doesn't I think, right? Agon, yeah. yeah. That card feels better now since other boards are nerfed. Yeah, you can drop more bludgeons on that thing. Very true. Um, so overall, it seems like we like the changes. It, it's a, it makes the balance a little bit better. A lot of the, um, the changes were fair. However, there are still some problematic cards. Uh, Ground Shaker still seems like uh, could be more of a problem. Road Boar, some people still don't like uh, how you get that free scaling every single turn as long as you, you get it early enough and and whatnot so there are still some question marks but overall it is a healthier meta overall you are able to play more archetypes than you were before it's not just oh play sequel board play quote board right you have to actually think about oh do i really want to go this direction so i think that's a good start right they're not going to get everything all the changes like perfectly balanced and have they ever really <laughs> gotten all the changes perfectly balanced i think that's that'd be difficult to agree with so um it is a good start and we do like that they had a patch relatively quickly right sometimes it takes a while for them to understand all these things is not balanced but i think for quilbers it was pretty obvious to see that it was only the only thing winning uh lobby so um glad they had a change relatively quickly and um you know, hope, hopefully we'll see more updates, more changes, make it a little bit more balanced, get rid of or just problematic cards so that they feel fair. But that's uh, that's our take on the patch so far, and we'll have to see. It did come out relatively recent, so maybe our, our thoughts are just a little bit raw, a little bit fresh, but maybe next week we'll have a little bit more uh, focused uh, direction on what is the problems of this particular metagame. So we'll see. Next topic, we shall be talking about our card of the day. It will be Karaji Harbinger. I wanted to talk about this card because um, I saw it a lot in the tournament. Just like, uh, it, it's always a card that uh, I think is, is fun. Funny in that 
it's surprising how good it is sometimes. Like every time I look at a, a Harbinger board, I remember Victor, you killed me. <laughs> Actually, uh, one, of the, one of those games, I was like, oh my, I looked I looked at the, the, the starting word band. I was like, oh, I've, I've won this. <laughs> this is so free. And then the Harbinger value, just like buffing up your in-mama, I believe. And I was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I mean, I that was just favored. 50% I win, 25% to tie, and then 25% you win. Oh, man. And I was just like, what, I lost? Oh, oh I was like, oh, well. And and that happened a lot. And I think um, ever since this card came out, I think um, at the very beginning, people didn't really like no but very quickly people will start to understand wow you you play this with acolyte that's plus eight plus eight on two minions you can synergize that with divine show synergize that with clear synergize with minions that give taunts right things like imama things like the um the the two six mech as well right there's a lot of synergies with this card that can really allow you to top four easily i think this is one of the best cards uh, if you don't know what to do and you're trying to top four, you pick this up, you pick a cop, two copies, you make a golden one, whatever. You play a board that revolves around this card, you can definitely go from not having any strategy, any direction to uh, getting a good enough comp to top four. I'll give your uh, thoughts first, Vic. Yeah, this, this card... Just recently, I began to realize how even more powerful it is because a lot of the time in the early game you have some shitter towns you have no direction and you're like okay everyone is leveling from tier three to tier four i guess i can't stay on tier three anyway i guess i'll go to tier four and then the first card you see is this and sometimes maybe you don't even have pound and you're like okay what what do i do now i get this Dragon Spawn Lieutenant on turn one, I got in prisoner on turn two, and now on turn three, I might buff a Bronze Warden with this 4 4 Dragon, and I get this Harbinger. Okay, this is what you do you just buy the Harbinger, you level all the way up. Because, like, Harbinger is not really a build by itself. Like, you can't build a Harbinger comp by itself unless you have like two of them or you're running Soul Traveler. What, how I use this card is usually if I have Shitter Taunt at the beginning, I have no direction, I see Harbinger on 4, I take this, and then the turn afterwards, I'm going to 5. I'm either going Menagerie or I push to 6, I find a direction if I'm healthy, right? Usually I just take this card, I win the middle game fight. It helps me to power level. Especially for heroes that are stronger, like Omo, Mayev. You, like my yeah, if you have three gold left usually on turn four with your early economic tokens right. and then you see this card this card is, is the best card in the game for you you can literally push to tier six with this card usually without getting punished if you have two taunts if you have acolyte of Cthulhu, you have two acolyte of Cthulhu, i can guarantee you you push to tier six no one can do any harm to you Victor and then you start again from my there. language right here <laughs> I like what you said. And you, you can literally just take Acolyte of Cthulhu on tier 4 and tier 5 to help you to push to tier 6 if you need to. Because sometimes it's really hard to find a direction on 4 and 5. And this card saves you for that. 
I, I know Shady for sure has a different <laughs> approach. To... Uh, I respect this one for sure. It's, I think you do have two very specific uh, or very different ways to play the card, right? So one is the rich get richer, right? Oh, I'm an Omu. Oh, I leveled. Oh, there's three gold left. Oh, I have an Acolyte. Oh, nice little Harbinger. Straight to six, right? That's what I call the rich get richer. You're just a good hero. You're power leveling. This guy comes along on the way. Three tier six, right? It's so good. But this is also the poor man's champion. If you have <laughs> nothing, go like the amount of times I've top twoed or even scammed a win where I have nothing on my board, but I have a battle master in between like Acolyte of Cthulhu, Void Lord, Golden Harbinger. It's just straight up Harbinger comp, right? It's just as many taunt, reborn, scam things you can fit in there as possible. And then the queen of Harbinger comp is Imp Mama. Because Imp Mama, if she survives the hit, she spawns a taunt. The taunt dies. The taunt buffs the mama. The mama gets more stats. They miss into the mama. She spawns another taunt. <laughs> they hit the taunt again. The mama gets buffed. So, yeah, there's so yeah, many really... Yeah, yeah, like Rover, right? The same the thing. Is so cool. sick. You, you can do a module so... on that thing, it spells forever. <laughs> yeah, you can do some really silly stuff. So it can be a comp on its own, but you do prefer to just uh, have it be support, right? But if you are desperate and yeah. you don't know what to do and you happen to get two of these and you just said, okay, I'm, I'm on tier four, what am I doing? I have two of these. I'm good to Acolytes of Cthulhu. I'm sure a lot of people are in the spot and they don't know what to do. You look for great things to soak. So one thing that is, I guess I'm more like a specialist of the second version, the poor man's Harbinger comp. I play a ton of tier four, right? I, like I opened the shop with two uh, champions and a Harbinger and I just like, these are my people, man. Let's go, let's buy them, let's go, let's play the game. Um, Deflecto is incredible as well with this thing. If you can get... Uh, let's say an egg with a module on it and then deflecto and the rest is just harbinger and shitty taunts the deflecto is far left and and one of the issues you face with harbinger is the buff on the far left goes to waste right because the left minion is a taunt it attacks it dies there's nothing to the left of it so if you put a divine shield on the left we call that a soaker um, it will soak up all the buffs and any divine shield is okay because it will attack and it will survive but the Flecto is amazing because if you have a reset in the middle, not only will it soak all the buffs, it'll regain Divine Shield. And suddenly you have a 30-30 Divine Shield Deflecto at the end. Be like, all right, round two, let's go, bonk, right? So there's a ton of really cool stuff you can do with this. Um, great to support you when you're power leveling. But if you get two of these in the mid game, you can do so much. You're essentially just thinking, okay, which units would benefit a lot from buffing? So... Divine Shield, Battlemaster, because Battlemaster's biggest problem is doesn't have any attack, but has a lot of health. And then, yeah, if you can, like the really specialist minion is Imama. If you can, somehow this happens like, oh, triple, I guess I'll shoot for a six. Ooh, Imama, great. Right? And then suddenly you have direction and you can you can cheese top two and sometimes even top one with those comps for sure. Yeah. Oh, I do want to like point out how deceptively strong this comp can be where you you look at it and you're like this isn't that good but then you have an imama you have a you have deflector or whatever any divine shield 
and your minions start out like a 3-2 or a 6-10, right? The, by the end of the battle, you're having like a 30-30 minions, just like free killing things, chunking things, getting more taunts, and, and, and creating that cycle again. It, 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 it is a viable comp, especially if you're not playing anything traditional, nothing with like innate scaling, right? Just putting some Harbingers down, some resets, some, some reborn taunts and things like that can really just be enough to get that top four it, it it is a it is a very strong comp when you get the 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 pieces down correctly so i i wanted to talk about it since we hadn't and uh, uh i i saw a lot of it over the tournament just people were people were running it when they didn't know what to do that's me i didn't know what to do <laughs> i was actually surprised myself how the hell did i get a top two with this thing <laughs> i was so basically, I think Shady was right. This card is not only used for power leveling. Of course, you get the inferior heroes who have lower HP. Also, sometimes you have lower HP. You can't aggressively level. This is a card you can settle on. I really truly like the comp that this card builds because usually you have no potential for top one. But yeah, it's a, it's a good MMR safer comp. I, I don't think you can give this card too much credit to say he's the best card in the game. No, he's not. But it's the bread and butter of the high MMR player. It's, it's like the arm, right? This card, <laughs> an arm, and deflect the bot, sensei combo. It is what net the most MMR, even though it's not a first place card. They give you great. the most money. It doesn't give you all the money all at once but you know it slowly gave you money <laughs> give you mmr in this case i think the bread and butter statement is great yeah just bread and butter for high mmr just i guess just really scrappy brawly play where it's just like all right fight 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 yeah. tooth and nail try to live right not the oh i'm just gonna like build my light fang board and just wait a little bit and scale right you, just... yeah, you can't you can't always triple into tier six minion but you can always go to tier four and this card will always be there no matter what is spent. You can always pick it up on tier four. You can always be tier six. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you know, I, I don't I can't level up to tier six every game. I, I do. <laughs> I find a way, you know. We're no, I don't like Collins. You're a safe player. We know you stay on tier four. Especially when you're low HP. <laughs> Uh, next topic we'll be talking about is Forest Warden Omu. Uh, this this uh, hero has really done well with this um with this meta. I, I think this hero's always been good to be fair, right? Like anytime uh, um and this this hero always seems to do well in tournaments as well, just because uh hyper leveling this this hero excels at it, right? So in tournaments where uh you're trying to get the best board, you're trying to get the strongest minions, right? This is one of the heroes that can really allow you to do that. But in particular, is doing exceptionally well in this patch. As, uh, most that was mostly due to probably the Quillboards being really, really strong on six and being able to get two six really well here. I wonder if the um, if its stats will fall down a little bit with the adjustments to make it a little bit more fair to stay on uh, lower levels. But 
uh i do still think this is a very good hero very strong just the ability to uh to level whenever you want uh basically once you pass the early game anytime you want to level you're like okay i can do it i'm not losing that much uh investment and then using that advantage to get early triples using that advantage to be a, a level ahead of your opponents right that that happens a lot when you're playing omu and just uh having an early start right if you're the first person to get a six drop right you're you have the highest chance of getting that uh, the, the six that you want right whereas once you know people start getting a ton of six a ton of triples right they start removing those mains from the pool it's a lot harder to get exactly what you're looking for so there's there's quite a bit of advantages to omu that allows it to be consistent allows it to be strong and uh, a pretty pretty powerful hero i'll give your take fig the hero that, that the best turf is to level the tier four on seven coins. Um, if you, if you have one token in the early game, you can always level to tier four on seven coins, and that's where this hero is at its most powerful state. And this hero is really good with pairs because you can always take the pairs to tier six, and I mean tier six triples, right? You right. triple on tier five. Right. Um, sometimes you can stay one extra turn on tier one, um, and you look for that triple if you can't hit a token. It is so, there's so many viable curve. You, you basically can play any curve on this hero. It's never wrong, but it's the, the strongest one is to like get the tier four on seven coin because you get strong so fast. You take around 15 damage and then you basically never lose another fight if you're lucky enough to hit the right tier minion on the right tier tavern. If you go to four, you find tier four minions, you're probably not going to lose another fight. And you can just keep on leveling. Um, what else was this here? This here is just insane. <laughs> Especially in a boar meta, you get a boar first. Other people cannot get it before you. You level first, you get a boar first. Also, you have a bunch of other minions. But now the boars are nerfed. Of course, it's going to be a little worse. But is he worse than my Eve? Probably not. If if there's so, when we're talking about really strong heroes, we're talking about my Eve and Omu, right? So who decide who's the strongest? I think it depends on token. If there is token, Omu is the strongest. If there's no token, my Eve is the strongest because my Eve doesn't rely on it. Uh, also, it depends on how strong the tier six strategy is. Usually, almost biggest advantage is to level to tier six without dying. Um, so if elementals in the game, dragons in the game, you should consider building a board that can set up for those strategies once you hit tier six. When you hit those key cards, like Genie, Little Wreck, Caligos, uh, also the, now there's Boar tier six, you can utilize them. You want to set up a little bit when you selecting your purchase in the mid game from tier five, tier four and tier five, right? So when you hit that tier six, you want to pick the right minion for it. I think setting up is pretty important because a lot of people, they just buy random shit in the middle game. I think it's the, that's how they lose. They're just like, oh, I like this card, I buy this card. But they're not thinking about what is my win condition. So when I get a hero like Maeve Omo, I don't even look at anything else. I directly just, after look at a ban, I look at what is the tier five, tier six minion. I'm going to go for this game. And every decision I make in the early and middle game is going to be related to what I'm desiring on tier 5 and tier 6. 
I think that's that kind of planning is the most key success with all more than naive. You just can't think about too much of little things. It's gonna mess it up. Like when you see that deflector bot with the madness, a lot of people will like slow down one turn to take those. But at the end, their board is really like really awkward because they spend too much economy on those mid-range card. When they're actually pushing to tier five, tier six, they're one turn too late. Other people already build up. When you do tier five, tier six, you're gonna take a lot of damage. So it's better to level aggressively and avoid some of the traps with um, yeah, Omon Maeve. This power aggressively levelers. So the the two curves that I I use frequently, right, are the double token, the one you described, the one where you just pop off. Uh, so for anyone who's not that familiar with Omo or it's it's not just automatic. When you get double token on Omu, you can level on four gold and still buy the second token. And then on five gold, you can sell one of the tokens and double buy. And then afterwards, that extra token is going to keep you relevant where you can keep power leveling and just sell the token to keep buying. Now, when you don't get that one, the slow-mo curve, or however you want to call it, where you buy two minions on tier one, I think is a really great alternative and probably a good MMR saver when um, you're not too familiar with Omo, because I didn't do that for the longest time, and I think it's such a big deal because, like Victor mentions, Omo is really good at carrying tier one pairs to five because you can level so easily, and then you can just triple into a six drop, and it's still really good. So I think those are the two main ways to play Omo. Now, I think a big part of Omo as well, like Victor, like Victor mentions, is getting good shops so do you have any sort of a game plan where let's say you level um you get on four early but bob forgot to put tier four minions in the shop right as he sometimes tends to do um do you have any plan where you say okay i'm just gonna stay on tier four and just play taunt comp omo or do you just say i'm gonna believe i'm gonna push five and we'll just make it happen when you say Bob don't give you anything, you can't go taunt comp if Bob don't give you anything. <laughs> well, I mean, start rope on tier four instead of pushing the button to go to five, right? Because <clears throat> I'm talking about that turn where you normally want to go from four to five and buy the Harbinger, right? And you're just like, oh, it's mm -hmm. so good. I'm so strong, right? But let's say that shop is bad. Do you push five? And either like roll and maybe sell a bad minion and buy something, or do you just like buy a mediocre? So there, minion? there are two options with Omo. You fill your board on tier four, or, or you fill your board on tier five. You need to have one turn to fill your board before you go six. And if you miss on four, you can take one turn damage, go five. And if you're still miss on five, I think you're just pretty much dead. <laughs> not not every hero can guarantee top four. And there's a very good Chinese player. He's always top one. He said, if you're a afraid of dying, don't play the game. You accepted the risk of dying with Omo if you power level when you pick the hero. Um, there's always going to be like that 10% or 20% when you don't hit any tier 4 minions on 4, don't hit any tier 5 minions on 5, and then you just have to accept dying. But like if you get Harbinger on 4, take the Harbinger and try to find, you have two rolls to look for a solid taunt. If you get a Mama Bear on five, 
you can spend a turn on five to fill with beast. Like you do have to hit a core card. At the bottom, you can play Deflectobot plus Divine Shield. But that composition you stay on four. It is okay to stay on four if you have Deflectobot. But that's that's the very bottom. Like you can just play Divine Shield Man. It's okay. I've done it a few times just for top four. But you gotta realize that you have to roll a couple of times on four first and you have nothing but only Deflectobot offered to you, then you go max. You shouldn't prioritize Deflectobot and uh, Divine Shield comes. So for the most part, you're still happy to save MMR by on average just getting very high placements with Omo and just tank the bad game occasionally where you say, all right, well, we leveled and... Yeah, basically the minion choice um, is Dragon uh, first, Pair first, and then Menagerie second, and then after that, Tauntcomb power to six, look for direction, and then after that, Max. Yeah, that's a big deal, because when Victor was talking earlier about, oh, I want to be deliberate about my composition, right? Some practical examples could be, oh, now if I triple into a Kali, I have dragons, I can do something. Oh, if I open a Light Fang, I have three things that I actually want to buff. It's not just the board full of mechs or full of boars or whatnot. So, yeah, that definitely reduces, because sometimes you just open a Light Fang and can't really use it properly, right? And then that's I just the result. This is the thing, when you look at a tribal minions, you got to have priorities. You gotta know what's the first and what's the second and what is not acceptable. When you hit the things that are not acceptable, like elementals, like we're talking about the four four elementals on tier three. When stuff like that show up, just if you cannot take it, don't take it in level if the curve allows. Basically. I'm sorry, Colin. There, no, sure, it's all good. Sure. I, I I love it when I don't have to talk. <laughs> yeah, no, Collins, if Collins could, he would just be streaming and it would just be us talking. He's like, all right, that's a wrap. Good show, guys. <laughs> see you next week. That would be great. Uh, but I, I do want to mention, I see this happen a lot where people go for sixes and it's like they don't they don't expect to get the six, right? I see people like saying, oh, I'm going to get a Caligus. And then they, they get the Caligus and you're like, wait, I have no dragons on the board. This doesn't and then they start up. buying jugs. That's the worst. You level to six all the way and then you're settling for drugs. That's exactly how people top eight. They're not taking the risk. They're still yeah. they're keeping their habit. They buy whatever they like. You level to upper tier, you can't buy everything. You just don't have the economy, right? Yeah. You gotta yeah, be very yeah. selective on your shell. Yeah, it's when you get you get you get the six triple for Caligos, and you already have like four or five dragons already, and you're like, ah, easy. My comp is already here. I just buy the bad cries. I'm good, right? That's how people win with the Caligos. That's how you see those people with double Caligos and Adina, right? They're strong enough to level because they don't have to spend like fifteen gold buying five dragons to fill their Caligos board, right? They already have that set up when they're going, right? So they're able to just like. They, they see their, their game plan in their head, right? They're like, okay, I'm going to go dragons this game, right? They started with 
uh, two dragon pairs or something right there. They're like, okay, I'm going to go drag us the game. Blah, 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 blah. Go hit the dragon. Get the Caligos. Go from there. They already have a full board of dragons. They don't have to spend an extra turn or two buying dragons and, and resetting mm -hmm. the board, right? They already have everything right there. Where you see some people, they're like, okay, I'm going to go get Chaga or something, right? And then there's there's no Blood Gem synergy. There's no Divine. There's no Cleaves. There's nothing. They're just getting one ones. They're scared of dying because they can die because <laughs> there's no synergy with their board right they're like i'm gonna get charles this game but i'm not gonna fill my board with units that actually benefit from it so that's 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 definitely something i see when people are hyper leveling this this hero hyper levels a lot where people are going for their late game comp but they don't set up the board to accept that late game comp fluidly right they don't have any setup they just have the, the like they have the caligos and they die they have the charles and they die they have the the gold ring with no beasts and they die <laughs> you know it's it happens uh, quite often when I, I see people um, looking for uh, for uh, tier six compositions. So yeah, oftentimes the setup is more important than the key card you get. Like you really want to get dragons, and then you have a full board of beast. Take see the gold ring, just take it. Right. A lot of low MMR players their mistake is Caligos is the best card. I have one dragon but three beast, but I'm gonna take Caligos because it's the best <laughs> card. Like you have three beasts, just take gold room because your previous investment really amplified the power level of the card you discovered. That that is like very important, very very important. Yeah, very very true. So, uh, I think um, for Omu overall, we like the hero. I think the hero is really strong. It um, benefits leveling, benefits getting tier six compositions, and. Uh, it's one of those heroes where you have to think about your game plan before you start playing the game, right? Think about what what's in the what's available, what compositions do really well. Can you go dragons? Okay, let me pick up units beforehand that can strategize with this. And if you can do that correctly, uh, uh, you can level very well. It also has a very flexible leveling curve. You don't have to always level on on uh, turn two. You can take it a little bit slower and use that advantage to stabilize the game. So very strong hero, very flexible hero, very powerful. And I think uh, since it's right now, it's doing the best in the in the, the meta, previous meta, I wanted to talk about it. Um, but next topic we shall be talking about is the best five drop units. We're continuing this uh, series that we had. We've talked about ones, twos, threes, fours. There's been a whole meta shift um these days but i wanted to talk about some of the five drop units i want to put initially that there's too many good five drop units i was looking and i was like oh this would fit 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 every single like not every single but there are so many five drops that i could put in here that didn't fit and i would love to have them all but i still think we'll be talking about a lot of them but there are uh, five drop units are really where you start to get a lot of direction a lot of these um, stabilizing unique cards that um, really can give a comp that spice, that jump, that uh, you get this, you know what you're going to do for the rest of the game, right? So Light Fang is one of them, right? You hit Light Fang early, you're like, okay, I'll go Menager. You hit Brand early, you know, you're like, all right, let me Hero Power uh, the second Brand, get the triple, switch some Murlocs, win the game, you know, do that kind of thing, right? So uh, there's Baron, right? Baron Goldrin is very uh, common. Same thing with Mama, Mama Bear, Beast, Death Rattles, and then you put Goldrin in, switch to Macaw Comp. Faceless, very, very um, unique in the fact that it's one of the few cards that can give you a lot of options every turn. If you see that, you can easily get triples and things like that. 
Murazond, right? You've always seen, you've seen those super silly compositions where someone gets brand Murazond and then they just like get golden Caligos out of nowhere in one turn and then they're, <laughs> they're beating you with your own comp, you know? So uh, there are a lot of five drop units. Um, the Puma, Aga, Madan as well, right? The, the Quobor Beast also does a, a lot of damage, right? Synergize with Chalga. And and uh, there's a lot of lot of good five drop units that are in the game that really can determine how you want to play the rest of the game out, or can give you direction or change your direction if you get them quickly. You want to talk about your favorite fives first, Vic? Think and I'll let you go first this time. All right, no worries, no worries. So yeah. I guess I'm I'm more known as like the tempo guy, right? So I'll, I'll give maybe some takes that aren't so popular, and then of course I'll talk a little bit about Hogger afterwards. <laughs> Hogger is the best five drop in the game, and down. Or, all right. uh, I think Void Lord is probably one that goes under the radar where people get a Void Lord is like, oh, I missed it so bad, right? Harbinger. Yeah, right. Harbinger. If you get Void Lord, dirty in the middle game. Oh. You kill people, right? People just die. Right? You get them 20. Dead. Yeah, you just chunk them like crazy. So if you whiffed, you know, obviously the sexy five drops are like, oh, I want my Light Fang, I want the Dirty Brand, or give me like even a Nomi to start scaling, right? So people love those cards, but. Wait, why is Nomi not in here? I, 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 it was between Murazan and Nomi. <laughs> yeah. Did you just put Murazan instead of Nomi? Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah yeah there's there's a lot of like early stuff you could do with voidlord so if you don't hit the crazy good cards or let's say you're just dying right sometimes even like something as stupid as the the seven seven dinosaur iron horde iron horn um sometimes when you get that early right there have been moments where i picked this over a brand because i'm like a two four right now is gonna kill me right that doesn't happen too often don't start snap picking dire on over brand <laughs> uh, but that card can do some work if you like let's say you're eudora and i think it's a lot of the time in eudora right you you dig you have low hp you're like all right golden minion save me and it's it's a fucking tight collar or whatever you're like oh i'm so dead right don't take the brand take the dire horn in that situation because you're just going to just die the next turn if you don't and dire horn early has a really good chance of overkilling so not a great card but just these these tempo cards give them some thought if you're in a spot where you really need uh, need to pick me up and then of course like battle master is probably the king of save me please right i'm dying there's so many moments where I play against someone, I triple into a five, and I'm just saying, all right, just please not a battle master, right? Like, I don't want to take nine minimum damage because this guy on tier four tripled into a battle master, and there is zero chance I kill a battle master with my board. And the amount of times that it's actually a battle master, you end up taking nine damage, even though you're kind of stronger, but there's just one unkillable minion on their board. It's quite frustrating. So, another good pick if you are uh, low on HP, you just tripled into, a, uh, tripled into a five, shoot for the BM, still very good. And then, of course, you guys know I love APM Pirates, so I'm not going to bore you to death with this, but Hogger, faces on a Hogger, Golden Hogger, pew, 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 right? You just take off. Uh, extremely fun. Go back to the previous episode if you want to hear more about APM Pirates. It's somewhere in there, guys. <laughs> I know I haven't talked to you in a while, Shady, but how is your wrist recovered so well? Now your favorite composition is APM Pirates. <laughs> that really surprises me. <laughs> yeah. 
It's crazy, Wait, right? Really, you can handle APM pirates now. Is that like, I'm not gonna bore you to death with it, but it says like let's say it's like a 95% recovery, so it's it's really oh, good. I'm very happy for you. That's so cool. So okay. what about you, Vic? Personally, like in my opinion, there's only three tier five mini. There's not <laughs> that many tier five mini. I only think Brand Life and Mythrex are tier five mini. I don't know how you come up with this, this many tier five mini. Okay, so. So Life Fang is the best tier 5 minion for most heroes. We're, we're talking about most heroes because for for most of the tier 5 hero, you get the tier 5, right? Tier 5 minion. You triple into this tier 5 minion, you cannot level, right? You triple in your brand, you go Murloc. The first step is to look for a permanent lookout and Murloc buffer. You can't just level to 5. Most of the time, you will die. And also, same for Mama Bear. You gotta get one Mama Bear. Most of the time, you gotta get some bees to stabilize first. Life Fang is the first choice for me because you get a Life Fang, you power, you you level to five. That's not even cut power level. You already got a Life Fang. That's a very stable level. And then you will find more Life Fang. You'll find Mitrax. They just they build break on break. It's very very safe. Brand this patch, like including last patch before before the boards are nerfed. It's got like last patch is even weaker, right? Because the board have no extra brand value except a couple blood gem generator. And just getting a few blood gem for having a 2-4 on the board is not worth it. So no one pick brand last patch. Yeah. This patch, I think... <laughs> I mean, Janice can pick it, but other hero, I don't think uh, can pick it. will pick a brand no matter what meta, so yeah. <laughs> it's just like, eh, take brand, dude. But I think brand this meta is actually really good. I haven't played a lot of games this patch yet, but the games I have Brandon, they're all like top three games. Murloc is viable, very viable again. Like if you have Brand, then that's the prerequisite, right? I had that game earlier today. I triple into a golden Brand, and like I'm suddenly Murloc with one Primal and then no one actually have the power level to beat my transition Murloc. Um, Ramanadri with Lifeing, very good. I, I think there's three tier five minions on tier five. There's not this many. <laughs> Brown Lifing and uh, Mer what's that card? Mithrax. Mithrax, yeah. Faceless nice. is for copy, Brown Lifing and Mithrax. <laughs> and We're Mama Bear, Mama Bear is only there for when you're, oh my God, I miss everything. Okay, I'll take Mama Bear out and try to get a top six. <laughs> I already leveled to tier five. I can't even go town to come. Oh, I'm so screwed. I guess I'll take Mama Bear. And if you hit two Mama Bears, sure, you can top four. But usually it's just top six, right? You, yeah. you, without two people, you win one fight with your beast. Uh, there's no love um, for Baron at all. No. Baron, uh, I mean, it's, it's for very specific comps like Pirate and Beast. If you already triple into a six drop and then you get Baron, it's usually good. The the comp that build up into Baron, I think it's only that rather like right. that Leash King or something like that can yeah. run. Um it works, but it's hard to win. Like if you triple into a triple spawn into a Baron, like that works, but you either need to power level to transition out or transition into a Baron comp. Or you die in three turns. That's usually what happens. Like whenever I check my opponent warband, if they have a Baron three turn earlier, 
that person is facing me again, he's usually dead. <laughs> uh, I think Faceless and Morozan is an interesting pick. They're very good utility cards and um, has huge hero potential. I mean, those cards, you just, most of the time, you always buy them, but you don't take them as a core. They're they're yeah. supplement for yeah. your, your core, right? But I... So I, I really like to like mention a couple Temple 5 drop. Okay. The, the new one, the 4-8 Divine Shield, a lot of the time when you're dying, you triple to tier 5 usually when you're dying or you flip behind. Otherwise, you triple for tier 6. If you have plenty of HP, when you have aggressive hero, usually triple tier 6, right? But a lot of time, if I have to triple for a 5, getting that 4-8 Divine Shield is pretty good. That thing work with Ground Shaker really well. Get a couple, you know, bludgeon, menu bludgeon generators, and yeah, that thing can help you survive a couple of turns, just like Mama Bear. Um, the Avoid Lord with the Harbinger does another survival 5 drop. I think those are usable. Sometimes again, it's with Voidlord, sometimes Brand Battle Master. You know, 5 drop usually come in combos, not like 6 drop. Those are pretty strong by themselves already. Against Coiler or Bolt, you know, they can just carry you by themselves. Tripling to 5 drop, actually take extra, like you have to take extra caution. Because 5 drop, you can't expect a 5 drop to save you by yourself. You need one turn to develop with that five drop, um, so you will be strong enough. So when you triple for five drop, you always have to have that at the back of your mind. Okay, if I triple into this, will I level or not level? Right? Usually life you level, usually brand no level, usually mama bear no level. You can't triple into a mama bear or brand and level just you know hope a miracle will save you. It will not. You get those cards, you stay on four. Just don't, don't think you triple your strong. You're not strong. You stay on four with those cards. I think that's one thing that people often miss. It's like, oh, I have a Mama Bear. I'm going to tier five. No, don't do that. They usually die. You can't have enough economy to fill up your board with beast after that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm surprised you didn't put Mithrax in here instead. <laughs> Mithrax is very strong. As much as, uh, yeah, he's very strong. I definitely think it's um uh the lot of a lot of the um the five drops you seem to be favoring are five drops that allow you to level up to five once you get them. You know, you, those are the mm -hmm. the ones that you seem to really like, right? Where I, I'm looking at like the whole shebang where uh Baron, right, sometimes you know, it doesn't do that well if you get it early, right? But sometimes that could be the one card you need to really make your composition pop, right? If you're playing scam, if you're playing beast right sometimes the only thing you're looking for the only thing the whole shop everything is just one baron right to to make sure that uh you have all the power and i, I like faces i like mirrors on just because there are some of the one of some of the key pieces to create uh super high roll compositions right if those two cards weren't in the game right you'll see a lot less high rolling because people aren't able to steal your comps or people aren't able to get easy triples and stuff like that to put it in mama bear i wanted to put in just because i think it's one of those cards that is a five drop that it doesn't feel that strong, but sometimes it's it's the only thing you can do to save yourself, right? Sometimes I level to five and I don't hit anything, right? And I'm just like, ah, I have no direction. I see a mama bear, I see a faceless, faceless the mama by the second mama by a rat pack, and then I'm I'm okay, right? So I a lot of times when I'm leveling to five, I don't have any direction. Mama bear happens to be what makes me get to top four, uh, just because. Yeah. Uh, 
it's an easy one, two, three pickup. And then I, I have something that can keep me alive for a turn or two. So um, that's why I put all of these cards in there. I think there's a lot more. I was having a lot of difficulty putting uh, a lot of these cards in. Light Fang, Brand, Baron for me was pretty easy. Tavern Girl was pretty easy. The last two, I was like, ah, there's so many. I, I, I literally, uh, I only had five initially. I literally smushed them together so I could add an extra card. Because <laughs> I was like, there's not enough space. So let me just smush them together so I could put this rose on it. So uh, I, I definitely think there's a lot of good fives. Temple fives I didn't put in here, but they're also very relevant whenever you get them. So. Think yeah, that was like if you talk if you talk about details like every different five have different values for different heroes right because you the hero have their preferred composition and usually that preferred composition will decide which one is the best card yeah that's very true so there's i mean fives are very contested there's a lot of things to discuss when you go to fives right though i remember the one drop uh conversation was actually pretty contested and as well right because we did talk about tempo one drops and things like that when you're playing heroes that stay on one and and whatnot so all, all these uh taverns really... I, I have a secret to share actually talking about five drop okay i have a secret to share this secret is one sentence i've never said it, it, it on my screen before or in Ooh, we're getting that good okay content. you you either level to five super early or you never level to five <laughs> or you oh no 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 it's called you either level to five super early or you level to tier five super late uh, that's, that's... either level to five super early to rush this one other people cannot kill you so you will have one turn to develop with these fives or you only level to five when you triple for six you never level to five when you're like 10 coins like turn eight that's like if you just don't do that you're not gonna top eight a lot people's that's most fair. frequent mistake is like they have 20 hp don't know what to do on tier four ah let's level to five <laughs> that's never gonna save you the only way you save yourself is to get your pair on tier four your pair on tier four is super easy to triple and then you directly go to tier six because tier five minion by itself it takes time to scale it cannot save you by themselves. But if you have something set up for, you know, a few specific five drop, that's a different scenario. Like, for example, you have a Harbinger, right? You're running Soul Juggler Demon, then you triple for tier five. But for the common scenarios, you're not going to just level to tier five to look for something that's safe. It, it won't. Yeah, that's. I don't good. know if you guys agree with that. Well, yes, me for sure. Colin's like, <laughs> I mean, Khan's a great player. So the, a lot of the time when we talk about this, Khan's like, nah, you can do this. It's like, you can do it, Khan's, because you're a really good player. And honestly, when he was talking about the Mama Bear, I'm like, I never have to do that because I don't go to five and then look for <laughs> something to save me. I go to five when I have a triple, right? I've got my own rules, right? So I, I've got rules for myself so I don't accidentally be like, shit, why did I top eight? Oh, I leveled to five, right? That happens so often when I was learning and getting better at the game. Uh, so it's a massive... Terrified uh, window shopping. Yeah, right. It, just, like, <laughs> it really resonates with me where you say that, like, oh, just do not go to five unless, you know, you're, you're Omo and you're just popping off and you get a really early go to five. Sure, what? Um, 
So basically go very early or do it when you have the triple ready and you want the six drops straight away. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think it's a, I think it's a big MMR savior. I uh, think it's like the biggest secret I got because I was really confused for a long time. I always ask myself, when do I level to tier five? I don't know. And I ask around, talk to a lot of people. It's either you level very, very early or you level very late. Well, after you hit a triple, right? So I've had a lot of games where I don't know what to do. And I'm just like, well, you know, I'm a tier four. Let me just level to tier five. And two turns later, I'm dead. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes it comes from the psychology that you're scared. You don't roll into a, right. a lot of the things on tier four. But tier four minions actually have higher tempo than tier five. There's actually a lot of solid tier fours. If next time, you know, you guys want to go for the tier four minions that can achieve that, I think it'll be a good topic for maybe in the future. How do you survive on tier four? How do you like achieve? We've talked game about this. Oh, talk I it. should go watch that. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> something that helps a lot whenever you are shopping on tier four, at least something I've found is to not settle too early, right? There are so many just nutty tier four drops where you go like, just module, right? Like module is just wow, right? Like synergy with arm, Divine Shield is great in general. Synergy with stuff like a Jug later on. Uh, if you get a Deflecto, you get Module on a reset. You're guaranteed that your Deflecto is not going to get sniped. And it's going to get early reset. Uh, Harbinger, we talked about that. So I think a mistake I made sometimes where I was a little too eager. Because to, sometimes you have these shops where you're like, oh, I could spend my gold okay here. But then you'd like spend your gold buying garbage. And you're being efficient with your gold. You're basically being efficient at buying garbage. Which is just not good, right? Because you're it's it would have been better if you had just bought one less unit, rolled two more times and be like, oh here, this guy. Mm, right now I get this Harbinger, or I get this champion of Yashraj, or I get this module, or even an Argus, right? Like all the taunt comp stuff, or an arm. Like so that, that's probably something I found where that really increased that tier four power as well, to just not settle too early on things that are okay but not great. Yeah, the habit of counting your gold expenditure before the turn start. It's like the super good habit for whatever you just said, right? For example, I have nine gold this turn. How many roll do I have? How many mini I want to buy, right? Can I include a buffer buy and sell for two gold? Like when you map that out in your head, then it becomes much more clear the minion that you're actually going to purchase, which one it is. Like if you're just like not knowing what to do and start rolling, then Oftentimes the turn is gonna be like shit. <laughs> and I, I, I do that a lot when I'm feeling tired and play, just auto autopilot. That the turn are usually shit when I don't count my, my gold. Counting gold is just super important. Especially like the turn eight, turn ten. Those those field turns are super important. Very true. Um but yeah, I I, I uh I overall would think that's really good advice. Uh, the only level to five early or late is 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 what I end up doing a lot of the times when I'm doing really well. Um, but you know, sometimes I always just level to five regardless, and then I I see right, can I hire all right? And you know, sometimes I do, but a lot of times uh, the game becomes a lot more difficult. And there's definitely been a lot of games where I look at my plans to like ah, the reason I lost is because I leveled extra you know sometimes i'm at five and i'm like i level to six and then i'm like hmm, that was the <laughs> that 
was the reason I died. You know, and it's just like, yeah, you get you because it's 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 very easy to level, right? There's no you don't have to think about the rules. You don't have to think about the yeah. turn, right? So anytime you're feeling tired, anytime you're feeling lazy, you're just like, I'll just level and then I'll just see if I get the nuts and then I'll just go win there, right? It's a lot more skill. It's a lot. It's a lot more. Um, thinking and decision making if you're staying on for that extra turn trying to stabilize your board trying to find a composition that turn that can keep you alive and keep you strong so um you know anytime i'm feeling tired feeling lazy right i just go level and then see if i can just salvage from there so that's why i have like mama bear there because it's one of the common salvations for me right <laughs> if you're if you're doing a normal staying on four you never have that situation pop up for you so it, it is true that you know different play styles can value different minions and different um uh, priorities on, on on which is strong which is good right you you only have those three right where i have too many because i'm on five all the time so i have to use all the cards where you're like i just take light fang mithrax those are the only ones i need right because you don't stay on five too long unless you're getting a six or doing something like that so i do think that was a really interesting discussion when um went more in depth than i thought it would it would go but uh, I think it was very, very, uh, very, very interesting, very, very informative, very, very fun. Next topic we shall be talking about is what is your favorite minion from the Quill Board patch? You know, I, I have a, a couple of ideas that I, I tossed in there. You know, maybe I hit one of them. <laughs> maybe I didn't. This is not the question, Colin. <laughs> This is episode 10 with. Oh, which one is. Oh, sound bigger than like. <laughs> you already got my house. Okay. <laughs> right, so I, I, I'm gonna assume that is uh, your favorite menu from this patch right here. <laughs> I thought, I thought it would be a good question to ask since you were here and you did change your name to, to one of these cards. So, uh, you know, what do you like so much about it? You know, I, I know you've talked about it a little bit. I, I do not look at what a card do when they come out. When I look at the patch notes, I see the card art. I just like I, I see myself sitting there. <laughs> I see myself sitting there. I don't know the body shape, the head shape. You know, the, the way it drinks and look at things are just the same. <laughs> I feel like that, that card is made for me, I don't know. So I just decided I'm gonna change my name to that. Because I feel like it represented me. That's that's very cool, right? You saw it and you you saw yourself basically. Yeah, I see my soul in this card. I, I feel I, the card, powered up the card. I was so surprised where I just wake up one day, you're like, hey, my name's Sun Bacon Relax. I'm like, and then you change your switch. I was like, oh. But I was really upset when people like constantly ask me. There's like at least one thousand people now for <laughs> the same person in my chat. What did you do to tell me? Who are you? Why are you changing the name? And then spam that. Oh my god. I have to ban so many people because I get frustrated. Yeah, fair enough. I think yeah. it's a good name. I, I do. This name is amazing. I, I got, like, it is a fantastic name. Sun Bacon Relax. It, it just, it's, it's just. It gave you the vibe, right? Yeah. I, I just, oh, relaxer. I didn't know relax. Is relaxer really a word? Yeah. It's not, right? They yeah. made it up. It is a word. Yeah. There's someone called a relaxer. <laughs> a person that's relaxing. <laughs> I guess you could do that with any word. 
like ground shaker, the guy was shaking the ground. The shaker, yeah. Bunker, the guy was bunking. <laughs> yeah. What, what is your guy's favorite card? Yeah. Shady, I want to know: first... is it up here? Is it in here? That's well. The... Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> mine synergizes really well with Victor, right? It, it, like... I knew it. <laughs> uh, oh my God, Shady is a tryhard. Oh no. <laughs> Flat <laughs> is the one that I like to play the most out of the new piggies, where she just enables some really fun turns where you just pop off. You like buy money, sell money, buy my result with a brand. Gem, 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 puff, 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 puff. So she gets the most fun turns. But if you just go off, what do I buy the most? What is the most in my comp if I'm playing piggies? Then yeah, it's ground shaker for sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know them. <laughs> Oh, uh, that was me. Colin, that was me. Well, was like, no <laughs> came off. No one thinks like a lot of people think it's an extremely weak card. Maybe the weakest yeah, well, of the two more set, and that is just the opposite. It's like, the I, most I, reliable, no, most practical one. It's so insane, it's super right? Strong. Like I played one game with it, and I'm like, yep, yeah, shit's broken. It's just like... but it depends on the meta, really. When the cubers were the most strongest, uh, ground shaker also is the strongest because. All the damage can cash in on raw stats. But now as the meta shifted, there's more taunt comp, more soul traveler, more divine shield. Then the power level of this card actually go down. It's very matchup dependent now. It's still very strong. Like it can save you from fights that you can absolutely have no chance of winning. But you can't say, Oh, I always do this. And no matter what's the matchup, I always win. There's some matchup you can't win with this. I think I think right now, as we're going into that setup where you know there will be more taunt comp and it will just be less big, beefy, unprotected bodies, because that's basically what piggies yeah. were. It's like, oh, I just have a 40-40, but like nothing else, no cleave, no divine shield. And I was like, well, this 25 damage divine shield guy is gonna trade okay with those things. So it's mainly gonna be like, oh, I just have a really good board for Shaker, right? Like I have very easy gem generation. I have a bunch of shields, um, maybe duos or something to take advantage of the fact that you're pumping a board the whole time. But it should be less of a, oh, see shaker by shaker, but more, oh, wow, oh, this board is actually really good. Okay, cool. I can maybe implement. And the way this card synergizes with her divine shield and cleave is also come with a 3-3, right? After you buff all your like minion for that turn only, and you have some residual gems on this and then you take it out and actually put that stat on the hydra uh, it can be really handy in the late game when you're running out of steam i feel yeah that's true as well it, it's just kind of run out of steam pretty hard late game but having that extra option helps a lot yeah i think alec here benefits a lot from that what you just said like yeah. swapping it into the hydra and I'm like oh position one like all right anyways collins what's yours man uh okay so i like not having to do anything and uh you know one of these heroes just you pick it and you just stop playing the game and you start taking the wins you know charles you know i it's a little it's a little unfair i'm taking the tier six unit but it it is essentially what i like to do i get two charles and a puma and then i'm just getting plus 25 plus 26 plus 26 a turn I don't have to do anything, put some divine chills on the board and go, you know, take a nap, 
come back with a first place victory you know that's what i like to do uh i wanted to give another shout out to bonkers as well um with the nerf it, it uh you know it, it it it's my love for it has gone down a little bit but golden bonkers before you get eight gems a turn it's it's pretty nutty it's it's sometimes even better than that i remember there were some games where i have like two cards in my hand and i'm just like oh wait i have to play these because <laughs> bonkers might fill my board with gems <laughs> you know it's just like that's that's nuts uh and i i really love doing that you know just stacking the boy and just getting all the gems you know you feel real you feel real powerful when that happens so i wanted to give you know a little love i know i i said favorite minion but i'm i can make the rules and i can make i can have two <laughs> so. let, let me ask one question Codis. if yeah. you have a deflector ball on the board and bunkers making the gym who are you gonna give the gym to at the beginning assuming you don't have necrolite uh bonker probably i mean i, I yeah I, then that's true love I, I like that <laughs> he 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 gets what he deserves right he, he makes the food you know he gets to eat yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like I, that i i, I don't want do my bonkers dying early so i just stack it <laughs> yeah i usually just jam in a bonker and super late in my transfer to stats that's that's very fair mm -hmm. so I, I like that I was yeah, shouting I, I, in my screen, like, put him on the deflecto. You don't have to keep putting him on the board. Let's right? go! Give me the <laughs> chance! <laughs> shooting for the all deflecto ball. Oh, my God. Like, oh, the bunker oh, no. <laughs> needs to live. Yes, that's me for sure. So I, I thought this would be an interesting question. I, I, you know, I got the answers right. You know, I didn't ask them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one was cheating. I saw the answer when I read his names, <laughs> but the other one was. A you probably one. go for the ground shaker first, <laughs> and then if nothing happens, oh, I have to put on the flight. But that sucks. I wish I had a ground shaker. That's shady is logic. We just gave it to the bunker right away, and now we start. Rolling. It was it was so bad that when I was spamming, I was playing Mukla and I just slammed the banana on the ground shaker. I was like, oh shit, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> it was the, just the muscle memory was so strong from just like gem on the ground shaker. Yeah, using using the blood gem on the ground shaker is an art. You have to evaluate the strength of your opponent. Exactly. Yeah. Can't waste them. Yeah, that's for sure. Especially now with the changes, the adjustments. Now you have to be a little bit careful because the yeah, they're very valuable. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, last topic we've got here. I think since we have a bunch of grinders in this stream right now, I just wanted to ask some tips for grinding rank. You know, how do you feel when um, you're playing a ton of games? Right, it's not always going to be like a straight up trajectory. Right, there's going to be a little bit of ups, a little bit of downs, that kind of thing. You know, how do you get through it, these things for me myself if i started you know i don't necessarily look at my rating when i play too much you know i, I always find like it can get into your head and i was having issues where my mood was like directly correlated to how how much mmr i gained that day and i was just like is this healthy <laughs> you know no not not for me so i tried to to lessen it and just uh, making sure that i'm playing okay right sometimes when i play a lot i get tired um, I remember specifically when I was like trying to um, 
uh, go for rank one and things like that. I played like um, three or four hours and then I would switch to a different account or, you know, or I'd play three or four hours and I was like done uh, playing for that day, right? Because I wanted to play when I was in the right headspace, when I was able to think correctly and things like that. So um, those little things, if I'm just trying to grind, uh, if I'm just grinding like, you know, five, six, seven, eight hours uh, a session, right? Then I, I go for you know, I like, you know, comms that don't like, that I don't nice, have to think. It's not grinding. Yeah. I'm talking to our audience here, you know. Oh, they're not that, all yeah. streamers, you know, that, that play <laughs> all day. You know, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to, you know, resonate with them. You know, maybe they have two hours here or there, three hours here or there. You know, uh, just making sure that you have the right headspace. You know, you have a game plan. You don't get too tilted. By looking at your MMR, right? You see some people they lose one game and then they do badly for the next like hour and a half afterwards because they're they're so they're still thinking about the game beforehand, right? Sometimes you you have a bad game, you have to move past it, right? You're like, oh, this was bad. Okay, let me let me get through it, right? Where um, you know you find comps that you like, right? Some people want to learn every comp, every meta, every strategy, every archetype, right? But if you have if you if there's a hero that you particularly do well with but isn't like the best hero in the game right you pick that hero over the best hero because you synergize with it well right you you play well you have your own strategy with this hero right so you got to focus on those things that work for you specifically and and refine those skill sets right you know you maybe you are the you know the difference maker in that hero where other people aren't looking at it the same way you are so there's a lot of little different things you can do um just to make the the grind smoother and make sure you don't get tilted and uh have a have fun while playing the game you want to go first mm. can you go first yeah <laughs> this is a very complicated one because i have so much personal feeling about this <laughs> maybe you guys know me like if you know me you know right because yeah. i care about this a lot uh, I, I think I've got a few approaches to it, right? So when you look at climbing, a lot of it is just getting better at the game and then having sufficient sample size. And yeah. if you are getting better at the game, you will climb. So that that is a game on its own, right? Where it's about your mental. If you can keep your mental state in a good, stable position, the sheer just keeping playing and learning and getting better, the number will go up, even though the number goes down sometimes, right? But you can make it a self-fulfilling prophecy where the number goes down, you let it get to you, suddenly the number goes down even more because you're making decisions that you would normally not make because you're tilted. So one uh, you know, trick or mindset I guess I use is I try to rig it in my favor. If I'm winning, I'm not going to be like, all right, be neutral. Don't feel good about this. You know, it's, it's just a number, right? No, feel good. It's great. Hey, you're winning. It's great. Have a good time. But when I'm losing, I just try to rig it in my favor. I said, okay, you're learning, right? It's not <laughs> losing. It's learning. And there's nothing wrong with that. You want, you want to rig it in your favor so that you wake up, you want to play, or you come home from work, you want to play. And it's not like, oh, I'm scared because I'm going to feel good if I do well. But what if I do badly? I'm going to feel bad, right? And if you just rig it in your favor, it's like you're not going to be scared to play. You're not going to be scared of the result because you're winning or you're learning. It's good either way. <laughs> uh, some days you're learning a little bit too much, right? And you have to stop a bit earlier. Uh, but it's 
I, I think that helps me a lot, right? That and have more than one account. I think um, once you hit like a 10K or 8K or just whatever personal milestone you have for yourself, you're like, I've got it, right? And then you can be afraid to lose it. So if you are playing a lot, if you are a grinder, I think two accounts help where you have that locked away. No one's taking that away from you. You can play on the other account, right? The other account drops 1K, it doesn't matter. It was a good learning day, right? But you're still 10K. The other account is still 10K, right? The, the account you're grinding on dropped from nine to eight. It's fine, it doesn't matter. You're still a 10K player. That 10K account is still secured. So that's probably my two biggest tips is rig the mental game in your favor where you're winning or you're learning. And if you have the time, I realize not everyone does. If you have the time, grinding on two accounts really helps you have that stable mental where you cannot lose that peak, right? The peak is secured. You cannot lose it. Play on the other account. That'd be my, that'd be my two biggest tips. Yeah, I, I agree with JD. I think having at least two accounts is is helpful for the mental stability. Um, this I, I I'm not the one that is most suited to give tips because I personally really hate losing. If I lose, <laughs> there are people who really enjoy winning, and there are also people who really hate losing. Right? Those are the two type of competitors. I'm the type of guy, even though I want to be the one that enjoy winning, but by nature, I'm the guy who really hate losing. So every time I lose a lot of rank, even though I try my best to convince myself, it could be sample size, RNG, it could be my physical conditions, not the best that day. I try to forgive myself, but it, it will not happen for me. It's just like, I, I try different method. It won't work for me. So I usually just suffer it. The, the, the way to minimize the suffer is for sure to have two or three account. That way, when you lose on the one, you go to the other one. And then you, you kind of have a mixed feeling, then it substitute like it subsides, the, the bad feeling go go away a little bit. Um so you you always gotta try to be logical, even though like you, you gotta be at least aware of your inner feeling and try to talk to that feeling, right? Okay, maybe you I lose five hundred MMR one day. Even though I feel bad about it inside, I cannot change that feeling. But metacognitively, I can say, oh, okay, Victor, you lost today. Uh, I will try to make you feel better. Like my left brain trying to make my right brain feel feel better, right? This half of the brain is out of control, but there's half that is in control. So I don't know. <laughs> it might sound like split personality, but that's actually what is going on in my head the whole time when I lose. If I win, I try to ride away. If I try to not stop when I'm getting a first place, because no matter if I'm doing well for that day physically, mentally, or if I'm just lucky for either of the reason, keep playing is never bad. Of course, it's not suggestible for like students or people who are working. You don't want to be too addicted. But for me, it works. If you're winning, keep going. When you're losing, if you can't stop, if you're not a streamer like me, Go ahead and take a break. I think it's probably the best approach. Do not go to a downward spiral because there, there are like two kinds of mentality when you can fall into it if you're losing that will affect your game. One, I'll be more conservative. I lost, therefore I'm playing too risky, right? So that's where people start buying Menagerie Jog on tier six. That kind that that's like a behavior that 
is because you lost, you were trying to be more protective. And the more protective you are, the less you're going to win. And there's another p type of person who just like going YOLO after <laughs> the loop. They take way too much risk unnecessarily. They want to prove to themselves that they can do it. The game doesn't matter. They don't care about you want to prove yourself. You make the minus EV play, your MMR go down. So you can't really avoid those two feelings as a normal person, I think. That you're a monk, maybe you can, but as a normal gamer like us, probably you can't. So stepping away for an hour or two or watch other play, watch streams to gain a new perspective and trying to forget about what happened is usually what I can do off stream. But on stream, I I just suffer. I mean, I <laughs> I, I think every streamer has suffered to some extent because they can't stop. It's their obligation to keep playing. So that, that that's my take on it. But for overall improvement-wise, you want to be prepared before you climb. You got to be aware of your skill. You can't be like, oh, I never practiced any of this hero, but I'm a 14K player before. I will be a 14K player this season after a patch. That's not gonna happen. You gotta relearn everything. You gotta keep an open mind, right? You gotta know everything have changed every time after a patch. And you gotta take, you know, a week or two, get 10 games in for all the tier one heroes at least to have a basic understanding of the meta. And then you can have this mindset, okay, I think I will climb because I have enough practice. You can't have like, confidence that come from no base, right? No actual knowledge of the game. So having a correct estimate of yourself and have a objective, you know, estimate of yourself is important, I think. This way, you, like, you, you don't feel worse, feel miserable for no reason. Yeah, that's yeah, very that, true. That's, that's all. Good, good stuff. Yeah, it's it it's it can sometimes be tough. Um, I I actually have the same mentality as you. I I also hate losing. Uh, sometimes you know it's not too obvious <laughs> when you're when you're watching me or you see me play. But I I definitely struggle sometimes where, uh, you know, I'll be playing uh, a game and I'm thinking about a game like three games ago. I'm like I'm still like I'm still thinking about this one game. <laughs> Three games ago, I'm just like, oh, I messed up here, and I messed up there, and I messed up there, and it's going through my head, and things like that. It, it can be tough if you're, um, uh, and especially this is like for streamers, right, where, um, you know, chat doesn't necessarily help, uh, you know, <laughs> with, with this. Uh, if you're streaming, right, they're always oh, asking from oh Mars, they're always, you know, feeling sad for you when, you know, you know you've, you've played, uh, you played badly that game or whatever. You made the wrong play, right? And they're like, oh, you got so unlucky when you know, oh, no, I just made the wrong yeah. mistake here. Right? And they're just <laughs> feeling sympathy exactly. even though it's not necessary and things like that. So um, it it can be um, a, a struggle to just, like, get over that or, or, or not tilt yourself and things like that. But, uh, you know, you, one thing is to understand, you know, they, they are – do you know they are trying to help you the way they they can you know and it's not that they're trying to tell you no, some people are people who just want to tell yeah. you <laughs> some some not people everyone. are you know you ban those people you, you get them to understand uh, your side of things but generally you know people are trying to help you and even though um, not every day is going to be a, a upward perfect climb right you'll have down days you'll have up days but you know you're learning you know you're getting better you know you're you're practicing for whatever you you're trying to do so um it is just um 
a mentality to have, a mentality to take to kind of keep yourself going and keep yourself enjoying the game, having fun, uh, making sure that you are playing the game because it is a game and you want to, you know, enjoy the things that you do. So um, I think I, I thought it would be nice just to have a have ourselves talk about these things just there. But that will be our, you know, our podcast. I think it's been a pretty fun one, a pretty good and interesting one lot of interesting things to uh go and review afterwards if you haven't seen the tournament i think it was a pretty uh a pretty fun i mean it's always fun if you win you know both of us <laughs> you know we wanted some yeah, sense so. go watch the game um call us one shot equipped from like 30 hp with <laughs> double normally double with huge wind fury with 1990s elementals that was really enjoyable guys go watch the world one shot it my crib is like oh oh okay yeah, okay uh, <laughs> but yeah a lot of a lot of good fun there over in that tournament but mm-hmm. i do want to thank uh both of you guys for being here thank you shady for always being consistent co-host and thank you uh sun bacon for you know joining us here right after the tournament really fun having you here really enjoyed i talked to you about a lot of these uh, things yeah, and any any comments. last things you want to talk to, talk you, to each other about? Uh, not much. Maybe you can guess can have me back again at some point. Uh, for we'll sure. More. Uh, yeah. It was I, a lot of fun. Honestly, like we've been going for what like two hours or something. There's yeah. still a lot of stuff. Oh, I can't want to talk about that. Oh, I can't want to talk about that. So <laughs> it's it's really good, and we can definitely have a sequel. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. It's a good fun. Yeah, thank you guys both. Yeah, and. Glad uh, to be here. Viewers, thank you guys for listening in. We appreciate your feedback, your comments and suggestions. Uh, we've got our uh, email at hsbgpodcast. We want to send in messages, things like that. We'll read it out. Uh, and you can definitely reach everyone. You can reach me at Educated Collins, uh, at Twitch and Twitter and all that fancy stuff, YouTube as well. Uh, what about you, Shady? Same as always, man. Just Shady Bunny on Twitch. Happy to be here. Happy for you guys to be listening. And I'll yeah. uh, see you guys next week. Victor over here. Let's see the Sunday can relax or twitch.tv slash Sunday can relax or new name used to be 12 in CHS. Okay, but yeah. Yes, but that, find that... me in the Hearthstone category, just like uh, those two as well. Yeah. Uh, well, that'll be it for us today. Great episode, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, possibly a, a better understanding of how this. Uh, recent patch has affected the meta and uh, we'll see if we've got any more surprises, any more guests in store for you guys but uh, take care of yourselves, have a rest of a, a good rest of your day and uh, see you guys later peace out